Bible, Psalm 103. Psalm 103. And I'm going to ask us if we would, once we've found Psalm 103, to stand out of respect for the reading of God's Word. Brother Evan, we're going to start simply by reading verses 1 and 2. Psalm 103, beginning in verse number 1. And church, I'd like to ask you, if you would, to read it in unison with me. The Bible says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Father, I pray that in these next moments, Lord, that you would have your will and way in our hearts. Lord, it's a Wednesday night. A number of us are tired. Lord, we did well just to be here. Lord, it's a Wednesday night. We've got the burdens of the week. And Lord, we've got a lot of things on our heart and on our mind. Lord, it's a Wednesday night and some of us have distractions even, even surrounding us now. But Lord, I pray that as we look into your word, Father, that, that you would, Lord, you would give us strength for our weariness. Lord, I pray that you would give us, I pray, release from our burdens and give us focus from our distractions. Help us, I pray, to to tune our souls in tonight to exactly what you would have for us. That it simply wouldn't just be another Wednesday night at church, but God, that it would be an opportunity, an occasion, where we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that we have met with our God. Lord, help us tonight in this time to give you the attention you deserve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. We are in the month of November. November is a season of thanksgiving. I love this psalm. Bless the Lord, the Bible says, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know, I firmly believe that Christians ought to be the most thankful people around. Because you see, you and I not only know what we can be thankful for, we know who we can be thankful to. The Bible says in James 1, in verse number 17, that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You know, thankfulness, I'll make this statement. Thankfulness is the will of God for a believer. No matter where you find yourself tonight, no matter what you find yourself up against, thankfulness is the will of God for the believer. How do you know that, preacher? 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 18. In everything give thanks, for this is is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And so as we consider it in that light, we understand that thankfulness is a command that needs to be recognized and obeyed. But more than that, church, thankfulness, hear me, is a discipline that must be developed and maintained. You see, it's easy to let our hearts and minds drift from thankfulness. You know, it's easy to be thankful, though, when we as believers pause 
and intentionally fill our hearts and minds with all that we have to be thankful for. I love the way verse number two ends. Did you notice that in Psalm 103? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not what? All his benefits. The psalmist is going to go on to talk about the Christian's benefit package. You, you think about the benefit package you, you get or maybe the benefit package you don't get where you work. I'm going to tell you, who's got a better benefit package than the union, though, is the Christian. The Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And so tonight I'm going to ask us, take some time to meditate on, to fill our hearts and minds with the blessings and benefits of God. Look with me at verses 3 and 4. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness, And tender mercies. You know, when I think of the benefits of God, we have to start, church, number one, with his pardon of me. You know, church, we we, we can't start anywhere else than with his pardon of me. The greatest blessing that we can ever receive is that of salvation. There is no greater blessing than salvation. I'm thankful tonight that God has not given me what I deserve. Amen? Because if I had gotten what I deserved, and if you had gotten what you had deserved, we'd all be in hell right now. I'm thankful tonight that not only am I not in hell this moment, but I'm thankful that I'm on my way to heaven. I'm thankful that I'm in the family of God. I'm thankful I'm a joint heir with Christ. I'm thankful that he will never leave me nor forsake me. And I love how the psalmist develops and fleshes this out. A lot of times in the psalms, and this will help you with Bible study, there's an element in Hebrew poetry, and it's called parallelism, where the same truth will be stated sometimes in similar ways, sometimes in contrasting ways, but it helps us to more deeply and fully appreciate the thought. Notice how many different ways the psalmist brings this out. He first, he talks about in verse number three, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. In verse number 3 as well, it says, He healeth all thy diseases. Verse number 4, He redeemeth thy life from destruction. I am forgiven, I am healed, I am redeemed. You think about what it means to be forgiven, that God has spared me of what I judicially deserve. God has spared me. I am free Think about what it means to be healed. Now, this is not talking about our physical bodies. This is talking about our sin-sick soul. Our soul that was sin-sick. The Bible says he is healed. He's mended and he has cured that which was broken. I am redeemed. The Lord has bought me back by his own blood. Here's the thing, church. I deserve none of it and neither do you. But I have been gifted all of it. May we never get over what God has done for us. I think often of 
the illustration of the prodigal son. We talked about it even the other day as a, as a church staff and, and that story there. As we see a young man and his shameful actions when he, when he looks at his father and basically says, Dad, you're dead to me. Give me my inheritance. I'm out of here. You think of the shameful actions of that young man as what he did to his father. You think about the shamefulness of of what took place in the far country. Where the Bible says that he went out and he wasted his substance with riotous living. Shameful, shameful, shameful. But I think what a lot of us miss sometimes is the shameful thing that happened when he returned. You see, when his daddy saw him, what did he do? He ran to him. Can I tell you, in that culture, that was a shameful thing for that daddy to do. When the daddy reached him, what did he do? Did he scold him, fuss at him? What did he do? He hugged him. And he kissed him and kissed him and kissed him and kissed him. Sometimes we forget that this was the same young man two verses earlier who had been in a pig pen. I'm sorry, but if you've been in a pig pen, I ain't hugging or kissing you. I'm telling you to go shower off first. That was a shameful thing in that culture for that daddy to touch that unclean boy. That was shameful. And a lot of times we don't think about the shamefulness of the father's love. But the reality is, when you consider the father, the shameless one, became shame. Why? That the shameful one might be received a son. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? The shameless one. Became shame. First Peter chapter 2. The Bible says this. Who in his own. Who his own self. Bear our sins in his own body. The shameless one. Became shame. Second Corinthians 5. And verse number 21. He hath made him to be sin. For us. The shameless one. Became shame. Why? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That the shameful one, that's me, that you might be received his son. This season of Thanksgiving, we've got to start here. And church, we, we we can't ever afford to get over what God has done for us. As we think of the benefits of God, we have got to start with his pardon of me. I got a couple more tonight. Let's look back at verse number four. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. Not only can we thank him for his pardon of me, but we can thank him for his provision for me. See, he not only saves me, he satisfies me. And he adorns my life with beauty and blessings. God is good. Only good. Always good. And he has poured out his goodness upon us. Psalm 84, beginning in verse 11. The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No Good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusts in thee. He has given me life. 
quantity of life and quality of life. I can count a number of times where if the situation had gone a little bit different, I wouldn't be here. Yet God's been good to me. God has given me a quality of life. Now, i got to be honest. I'm not a huge fan of the quality I experience right now. This ain't great, right? And some of you are like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, I got this wrong and 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 this wrong. And I was really hoping we were going to have prayer tonight because I was going to talk about this and this and this and this and this and this. You know what? No matter who you are tonight, I guarantee it wouldn't take me longer to find somebody worse off than you are. God has been good to us. In the quantity of life he has given us, in the quality of life he has given us. I love the verse in Proverbs. The Bible says in Proverbs 20 and verse number 12, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord hath made even both of them. I mean, just let that sit for a minute. God has been good to us. And you think about not just his pardon of me, but his provision for me. God has been good. He has given us life. Amen. I think about the fact that he has given us liberty. The blessings that we have in this country. You know what? He's given me luxury. My problems are first world problems. I'm mad that they're out of my type of cereal at the grocery store. Or that I got to pay X amount for gas to put in my two cars. Ladies and gentlemen, first world problems. First world problems. God has given us luxury. He has blessed us. Moreover, in verse number five or six, it talks about he executes righteousness and judgment for those that are oppressed. God God keeps a perfect set of books, amen? And he's not going to miss anything. But did you catch number seven, verse seven? Look at verse seven again. He made his ways known unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. God has given me revelation of who he is that I may know him. I think we take that for granted in this country. Because you see, I got a Bible here and I got a Bible here and I got a Bible here. And I got three other Bibles in my office, and I got four other Bibles at the house. I got Bibles everywhere. But you recognize that there are literally billions of people around the world who not only don't have a copy of the Word of God, but couldn't have a copy of the Word of God if they wanted one, because there is not a verse of it in their language. And yet God has provided it for me. I ought to thank him for that every day. Because here's the thing. No matter how much life he gives me and liberty he gives me and luxury he gives me, if I don't have this, then I'm going to go through that life and go through that liberty and enjoy that luxury all the way to hell. Because it is only through this that I can come to know about the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 19 and verse 10 describes the, the word of God as more to be desired are they than gold even much fine gold God has given me revelation of who he is that I might know him and love him and serve him God has been so good to me I ought not forget all his benefits 
Hey, number one, benefit package of the Christian. Number one, his pardon of me. Number two, his provision for me. Look at verse number eight. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us after our iniquities. For as, I will stop there for now. His pardon for me, his provision for me, his preservation of me. Stop and think about that one. Not only does God save me and satisfy me, he secures me. The Lord is merciful. Aren't you glad for that tonight? The Lord is gracious. The Lord is slow to anger. Alan is not always slow to anger. But the Lord is. Plenteous in mercies. Brother Barry, I see this phrase in verse number 10. And I don't know, I just want to stop and I want to think about it. And it almost brings me to tears. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. You stop and think about that. Let me ask you this question, all right? What if I practically got all that I deserved according to the law? That's not a great thought. What if the government invented something to go into our cars that automatically fined us for every infraction? How would we be doing? How many stop signs you rolled through? How many times if you invoked grace on the speed limit? How many times have you exceeded grace and prayed, Lord, blind the eyes of the Philistines. We got places to go. I don't like this that my kids are becoming more aware and now they're big enough to sit up front and they can see my speedometer. What if the government installed something in your vehicle and you got exactly what you deserved for every infraction you ever committed? Every time you change lanes without putting on a turn signal. Every time you turn from the inside lane to the outside lane on the right hand or left hand turn. What if you got everything you deserved for every infraction you committed? Let me ask you this. What if your employer paid you only for those moments of work where you were focused and intently doing your job? And your pace stopped in those moments where your mind wandered or you checked your phone or, or you did this or that or had a personal conversation. Or what, what if your employer only really paid you for those moments when you absolutely deserved it? How would that go? You see, most of us really don't want what we deserve, do we? And we talk about it positionally. He, he doesn't give me hell, which I positionally deserve. But moreover, he's got to put up with my foolishness every day. And yet, in spite of the foolishness of Alan Holmes, in spite of the foolishness of Jack Foster, of Bill Brown, and the rest of us, the Bible says he is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy, that he hath not dealt with us after our sins or rewarded us according to our iniquities. Hey, along that same line, can I give you a verse that terrifies me? If I don't like a verse in the Bible, this would be the verse in the Bible I don't like. James chapter 4 and verse 17. 
Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And so it's not just those bad things that I actively do. It's those good things that I should have said, but I didn't. It's those good things I should have done, but I didn't. It's that gospel track that I should have had, but I didn't. It's that compassion for my wife or my uh, kids that I should have had, but I didn't. Him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Boy, aren't you grateful that the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. Aren't you grateful tonight that he's not dealt with us after our sins or rewarded us according to our iniquities? You know, God would be justified in harshly punishing us every time we step out of line, but he doesn't. He gives me space to repent. He receives me back into the fellowship. And he preserves me from myself every single day. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Number one, his All right, let's do it. Number one, his pardon of me. Number two, his Number three, his, this would be a good time for me to warn you, I'm only halfway through. Amen. Thank you. All right, here we go. Verse number 11. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For the Lord knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. So we saw his patience, or I'm sorry, we saw his pardon, we saw his provision, we saw his preservation, we see number four, his patience. In other words, he not only saves me and satisfies me and secures me, he soothes me. He revives me when I falter and he restores me when I fall. He is compassionate on me like a father. You know, not annihilating me is one thing, but maintaining his affection for me is another. How many times have you thought to yourself, I know I have to love you, but I really don't like you right now. How many times have people probably felt that about us, amen? Not our God. I mean, it is one thing that he doesn't annihilate us, right? But it's a whole nother that he maintains his affection for us. How often did the disciples just not get it? I mean, it's like, come on, guys. It's right there. One of my favorite is Luke chapter 18. Whenever I feel bad about myself, we can go to Luke chapter 18. Then he took unto him the 12 disciples and said unto him, Behold, we go to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. He shall be delivered unto the Gentiles. He shall be mocked, spitefully treated, Spit it on, they shall scourge him and put him to death, and the third day rise again. I love this. And they understood none of these things. What? What? All right, let's go back to verse number 31. The Bible says that, that he told them, Behold, we're going to go to Jerusalem, and all the things that have been written about me are going to be brought to pass. Verse 32. I'm going to be delivered to the Gentiles. I'm going to be mocked spitefully entreated, spit it upon, 
scourged and put to death and the third day rise again. I try to wonder, is there any other way to take any of the things he has just said? And yet, these 12 men who had been with him for three and a half years, they understood none of these things. But buddy, that's, that's me. What ought to occur to me, because it's right in front of my face so often, doesn't occur to me. And I see how easily my own heart gets frustrated with my children sometimes. I'm like, come on, man. It's right there. It's really not that hard of a concept. Come on. But you stop and think, boy, I'm grateful God doesn't treat me like that. Be grateful tonight for his patience for me. I don't always get it, amen? (laughs) Yet he understands my frame. I have not arrived. I am not fully matured, but he is not distressed. Because he's still working on me, amen? And he's still working with me, amen? And he's still working in me. He is patient with me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. For number one, we don't want to forget his pardon of me. We don't want to forget, number two, his provision for me. Number three, his preservation of me. Number four, his patience with me. Look at verse 15. As for man, his days are grass. As the flower of the field, so he flourisheth it. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone. And the place thereof shall know it no more. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. And his righteousness unto his children's children. To such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. I want you to see not only his pardon and not only his provision and not only his preservation and not only his patience. But tonight I want you to see his passion for me. His passion for me. In other words, he saves me, and he satisfies me, and he secures me, and he soothes me, and he sees me. And I'm going to tell you, that is a blessing beyond measure, because I am nothing. The Bible here likens man into the flower of the field, and it's here today. And it's like we are so fragile that the wind passes over it. The wind. How many of us are worried about a, a gentle meadow breeze? And yet our lives are so fragile, it is like, but a wind passes over us and we are gone. And the world remembers us no more. We are that insignificant in a universal space. Have you ever looked up in the sky and thought about how big our sun is? And that it's pretty small actually compared to many of the other stars that are out there and how many stars that are out there and how many stars that are out there that we can't see and how many planets must be around those stars that we can't see and and you goes on and on and on. You think about it, you get feeling pretty small. And in reality, in the scope of the created universe, there's not a whole lot to Alan Holmes. Yet he sees me. And he loves me passionately. I am nothing He is everything, yet he sees me. Hey, even when I don't see him, he sees me. He is faithful to me, even when my faith wavers in him from everlasting to everlasting. He is always enough. 
And he never leaves me or forsakes me. Hebrews 13 and verse number 5. Let your conversation, your lifestyle be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God is always enough and God is always with you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What's some of that benefit package of the Christian? Number one, we see his pardon of me. Number two, his for me. Number three, his preservation of me. Number four, his patience with me. Number five, his passion for me. I am nothing and he is everything, yet he sees me. He sees me. Let me give you one more tonight. Verse number 19. The Bible says, The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. I'll round it out this way. His promise to me. His promises to me. You see, he saves me. Amen. He satisfies me. Amen. He secures me. Amen. He he soothes me. Amen. He sees me. And that will be my reality forever and ever. Because his kingdom doesn't end. Psalm 23 and verse number 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let me tell you some good news tonight. The Lord Jesus reigns. And he will reign. One day sin and death will be destroyed. Let me give you some good news. God's promises cannot fail. Jesus is coming again. God will rule and reign. God does keep a perfect set of books. God will make all wrongs right. God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And the benefit package that I have in my Savior, it'll never expire. It'll never run out. His resources will never run low. I don't have to worry about there being a recession in heaven. I don't have to worry that one day he's going to want to renegotiate the contract. No, his promises to me are sure. His throne is in the heaven and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know, the conclusion to this psalm is another call to praise. Look with me, verse number 20. Let's read it in unison together. The Bible says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength and do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Psalm 150, verse number 6, puts it this way. 
on everything that hath breath. Praise the Lord. And in case you're confused about what that means, praise ye the Lord. As far as I know, everybody in here still has breath. Praise the Lord. And church, Christian, we have to give ourselves to intentionally ponder. Because life throws a lot of junk at us. And I'm going to tell you, the burdens of life, they're easy to focus on. The pressures of life are easy to focus on. The pains of life are easy to focus on. But I'm going to tell you, God is good. Only good. And always good. And we can't afford to forget his benefits. We have to meditate on these things and allow them to saturate us like a sponge. I've used this illustration before, but here's the thing. If I go throughout life and I just go about my day and I do my thing, la, 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 I go about it. It's not going to take long for this sponge to what? Dry out. There are a lot of dry, crusty Christians out there in the world. But when I wake up in the morning and I say, you know what? I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to make sure I remember some of these benefits. And I saturate myself in the goodness of my God. No, that's, that's meditation. Meditation is not emptying your mind. It is filling your mind and filling your heart. And I fill it and I slosh around in it. And I spend some time in it. You know what happens? Sometimes after it happens, the boss man's going to come and squeeze me a little bit. But if I've saturated myself... In the good things of God, what's going to come out when the boss man squeezes me? The good things of God. And sometimes when I come home, I'm going to butt heads with the neighbors. It's bound to happen. And life's going to squeeze me a little bit. But if I've saturated myself in the good things of God, what's going to come out? The good things of God. And sometimes the bank man or the boss man or the doctor is going to give us some distressing news. And, and life's going to squeeze me a little bit. But if I've saturated myself in the good things of God, what's going to happen? Good things of God are going to come out. Oh, but very quickly, I start to dry out, don't I? So what do I got to do? I got to stop. And I got to intentionally go back to the well. I got to stop. I know. I know what Fox News is saying. I know what CNN is saying. I know what the emails. I know. But I got to stop. And I got to turn it all off. Because I have got to fill my heart and mind again with the good things of God. Because I can't afford to let this world wring me dry. Now, by the way, on the other hand. If I allow myself, and I had a whole nother bucket, and I filled it with blue coloring and all sorts of stuff, but it dyed my hair hand blue, so I thought it was a bad idea. But if I, if I soak myself in the ugly things of life, if I soak myself in the stressful things of life, if I allow the fears that, I, that, that, that might come or the frustrations that I can't control, if that's what I wallow around in and life squeeze me, what's going to come out? The ugly stuff of life. This November, December season is a beautiful season because it is tailor-made for you and I as Christians. 
to just stop and to just dive deep in the good things of our God. Let it just wash over you. Let it soak into you so much so that, man, you, you turn around too fast and there it comes. The good things of God just splurting everywhere. Somebody bump into you unintentionally, like, there go the good things of God. But it doesn't happen by accident. You got to stop. You got to come apart. You got to get in it. You got to get in it. I want to challenge them, even our families, maybe our couples or our families, over the next couple of months, why don't we intentionally journal about the good things of God together? List them. Talk about them. Fill a poster board. Fill sheets of notebook paper. Put it on the, put it on the fridge. Put it on the, front, put it on the front door. Put it on the walls of your family room. Plaster your life with the good things of God. Here's the thing. You know, David talked about how God's thoughts towards us, they were like without number as the sands of the sea. They can't be counted. Here's the thing. You start naming the benefits and blessings of God, you're never going to run out. You're never going to run out. You're not going to get to November 15th and be like, oh, I don't know what we're going to talk about today. I've just, I'm, you know, I've done 14 things I'm thankful for. I just don't know if there's anything left. You'll never get there. Why? Because God is good. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his 